Welcome to Kingdom Life Church, Stellenbosch. May this life-giving word activate your faith today. I want to share a very quick message with you um, in terms of this morning is our, our Thanksgiving service. And most of the time, this time of year, we get to a place where um, we reach a stage where, man, I just want to kick back and go on holiday. Come on, I'm probably not alone here. We just want to kick back and go on holiday and rest and then take on the next year because this year is now gone and whatever happened in this year, I don't want to remind myself of it or maybe you had a bad year, maybe a good year, but this is a time for rest and we want to kick back and rest and that's the culture in South Africa. But you know, many of us forget the importance and the value of thankfulness at the end of the year. That, that end of season reminder, the thankfulness of what God has done. Now, as we embrace a season of thankfulness, a time of gratitude, come on, we need to get there. A time of gratitude, it helps us to reflect on the blessings, on the victories um, in your life, in our lives, and in our church, and, and all the victories and blessings through the year and past in your life. Now, I believe we all need to cultivate an intentional value for this. You need to cultivate an intentional value to remember God's goodness in your life constantly. Now maybe this year God has carried you into situations or life has carried you into situations that demanded greater faith and reliance on God. Maybe. I know Ilona just testified and we just face sometimes faith things that need greater faith, that need greater reliance. Lord, you need to carry me right now. But as we turn back and we look what God has done, and that's the good thing, as we turn and we look back of what God has done, we see a trail of faith and courage. Ever been there? You look back and you see this trail of faith and courage that is a memorial stone or memorial stones of remembrance. And that helps us to face the new year that comes. Ever done that? When we look back and you look, it's like, oh, Wow. Lord, you've done this in February. You've done that in June. You've done this in September. I've gone through some tough stuff, but it is memorial stones of God's goodness. Now, one such story in the Bible is in Joshua 3. And in Joshua 3, we see a guy called Joshua. He just took over from Moses, one of the greatest leaders in the Bible, who led millions of people out of Egypt. And when he passed away, was so... And so along with the whole generation that came out of Egypt, passed away, and, they, and God appointed a new man called Joshua with a new nation of Israel, all of them born in the desert. And these nation of Israel wandered around in the desert for 40 years. For 40 years because of an attitude issue and because how they dealt with challenges in their lives. Now, after 40 years of wandering in the desert, Joshua suddenly eventually received a command from God and said, now's the time. This is the time for you to journey over into your promised land. I love this story. So God brought them all the way to the Jordan River. And you know that if you look at the Jordan River, the Jordan River was the crossing point between the desert and the promised land. And here they were camping out in front of this, this river that is the crossing point. Just on the other side of that river is our promised land. We've waited 40 years for this. We haven't, 
We haven't um, seen Egypt. We were just born in the desert, but our grandfathers and our fathers told us what God has done in Egypt, and we've been waiting for 40 years for this moment. So God brought him all the way to the, to the Jordan River, but we need to remember this one thing. Remember the one thing that kept the Israelites in the desert. One thing. And that was because they moaned about everything. <laughs> they murmured. They complained constantly. No matter how incredible miracles God has done for the 40 years, Listen, I mean, God fed them for 40 years. He gave them manna. He gave them, them meat for 40 years. He had a cloud of fire, a cloud of, I mean, miracle upon miracle. But eventually, every time, they defaulted back to just complaining again and moaning and complaining. And with Joshua as their new leader and a whole generation that passed away that was the complainers, now they had a new generation and God was about to bring them over into the promised land. Now let's read this quickly together. Joshua 3 verse 1 to 4. It says, Early the next morning Joshua and all the Israelites left Acacia Grove and arrived at the banks of the Jordan River where they camped before crossing. Three days later the Israelites officers went to the camp giving these instructions to the people. When you see the Levitical priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God, out of um, of the Lord your God, move out from your positions and follow, the, follow them. Since you've never traveled this way before, they will guide you. So the next day Joshua gave the command to the Levitical priest and said, okay guys, this is it. I want you to take the ark and move out into the river. Now it's very important to know, notice what the, the scriptures says regarding this moment. Let's read on. In verse 13 to 16. So the priests will carry the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth. And as soon as their feet touches the water, the flow of the water will be cut off upstream and the river will stand up like a wall. Remember the other time that happened. So the people left their camps to cross to the Jordan and the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. It was the harvest season and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above the point began backing up a great distance away um, at a town called Adam. Now there's so much in this. We can probably do two sermons on this. You see, after the water started backing up and the Israelites again saw a wall of water, where they walk through on dry ground to the other side, into the promised land. You see, God took them into the desert. Remember? God took them into the desert with an impossibility through the Red Sea. That was impossible. And God took them out of the desert into the promised land through a dry riverbed with a wall of water. Impossibility. See, the scripture says that the river was in flood, and because it was harvest season, it caused the river to overflow. Now, if you look at the historical facts and you go to the Jordan River, the Jordan River is about 30 meters wide. It's about from that end of the hall to that end, probably less. That's not long, but it was three meters deep. So that's, that's quite deep. It's not just an easy walk through. It's a swim through 
or a paddle through or whatever. Now, now at that stage, it was harvest season. It was time of flood. So the Jordan River, that was a nice, slow-flowing river, deep but not wide, became a white water affair. That water rushed down, and it went over the banks of the river. So it wasn't 30 meters long. It was probably 100 meters. And it was deep, and the river was running. I wish I could show you videos of the Jordan River and flood. It's not something you want to walk through. They actually said, if you go through history, that the most experienced swimmers tried to swim through that, that river when it was in flood, and they couldn't even do it. So this was a serious river. But God. See, God made a way again so that the Israelites walked through that river on dry ground. Miracle. Now, the amazing thing for me is that when they crossed the Red Sea, God commanded, just, just told Abraham, uh, Moses, just put your hand out and command the sea to open. And then they had to stand and wait. But this time it was different. God says, take the Levitical priests and let them walk into the water. And as their feet touched the water, as they did something, the water started parting. I mean, to be a Levitical priest, um, I think that must have been a scary affair. <laughs> think about it. You're carrying this ark, this thing is flooding down, and you have to walk through, and you have to walk into that. You don't know what God's going to do. He didn't say the He just said, walk into the water. But they had to do something. Yeah, they actually had to do something before the miracle happened. They had to step into the river because they were ending a season, 40 years the end of a season or the end of a year, we trust God to step us through the tough stuff. And we all go maybe through tough stuff in the last couple of months or years. Or, or maybe the year was a tough year. Maybe the last month was, was tough. But we're stepping through the flood of things in our lives. And it's weighing us down. But as our feet touches this water, God is about to do a miracle. He's about to do something in your life. And I always believe this. I always say this. I always preach this. When we, end, when we finish the year, we're all tired. I just want to have... But Lord, as I remember, you are about to do something incredible. You are about to do something miraculous. So as they walk through the river and they entered the promised land, after 40 years, look what God said. I love this. Joshua 4, next chapter. When all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Now choose twelve men, one from each tribe. Tell them, take twelve stones from the very place where the priests were standing in the middle of the Jordan. Carry them out and pile them up at the place where you will camp tonight. Verse 6. We will use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children would ask, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them, they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. Now God commanded them to build a memorial with 12 stones that they found in the river as they walked through. And they say it's about for their children, but, but if you think about why really did God say build a memorial? Yes, it's form of remembrance. And, but there was one thing that dawned on me, and I believe that God knew that they were about to face giants in that country. They didn't, they're not going to walk into the promised land and eat the grapes and enjoy the food. And yay! No, no, there were giants waiting. The hardest battles were waiting. 
They had to conquer nations, still taking over the promised land. And God knew that they want, if they face the giants, if they face the wars, they will be tempted to turn around and turn back to the desert, their default place where they were born. It's the easy place to go. But as they turned around and they looked at the memorial stones, they started remember and thanking God for, wow, Lord, that's what you've done. That's what you've done. See, these memorial stones would serve as a reminder of God's nature, reminder of God's faithfulness over 40 years. These memorial stones would give them the strength and the courage to confront whatever is coming. No matter how big the giant is, no matter how big the army is, we can confront it because we remember and thank God. I love this quote from Bill Johnson. As you know me, I always have a quote of him. He says the following. He says, Thankfulness takes what the enemy meant for evil and place it into the hands of our Father who causes all things to work for His glory for your benefit. Isn't that a beautiful quote? You see, we go through stuff and we face giants and the enemy mean those things for evil. But as we thank God, we place it into our Father's hands. And He just turned out, turned the pages. He just turned it around. He turns sadness into joy. He turns challenges into thanksgiving. You see, thankfulness is one of the most special gifts that God can ever give us. And one of the stuff that we need to see and use it more often. Thankfulness. I want to end quickly this morning. I'm not going to be long, probably 10 minutes more. But I end with three things that God gives us from a place of thankfulness. If you make a point to be thankful, this is what God can do. And it's only three. There's so much more. Number one, thankfulness is one of the most profound weapons. The most profound weapons that God can give us. Do you know that? If you would speak about a soldier, I always remind myself, if you've got a soldier who was at war for months at end, or maybe for a year or two at end, and there's one thing that they struggle with when most of them come back. Do you know what it is? They feel naked without their rifle. Because when at war, that's all they did. They, they keep that rifle when No matter what they do, where they go, what, they have a rifle with them. That's what you do at war. You keep that rifle with you. No matter where the soldier went, that was like attached to him. He always had to have it with him. Now listen to, to what the scripture says. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 18. It says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So what are you getting at? You see, just like a soldier doesn't, doesn't, a soldier doesn't have the luxury to only carry his weapon when he wants. I'll carry it when I want and I'll just bury it there under my, under my bed and if I hear the gunshots, I'll just run and get it. They don't have that luxury. You see, the same we as Christians don't have the option to only be thankful when we feel like it. We don't. Because it's a weapon. We need to keep that with us. We need to speak it. We need to declare it. We need to be thankful no matter what we face in our lives. Paul says, in everything. He didn't say, maybe in some of the things. No, he said, in everything, be thankful. 
That means everything in your life, through the bad and the good and the tough things and the challenges, in everything, be thankful. It's like a weapon we hold on our side and said, I'll be thankful wherever I go, whatever I do. This is a weapon I carry. And as I thank God, the miracles and the breakthroughs and the stuff starts happening because I come from a thankful heart. Number two, thankfulness is the key to unlock God's provision and overflow. Do you know that? You see, one afternoon, a large crowd followed Jesus into the wilderness or into the field or whatever you want to know, want to call it. And for hours and hours, and if you go to Matthew 11, 12, 13, 14, for Jesus started teaching the crowds about the kingdom of God. Man, I, I love that, how he took parable upon parable and started teaching them what the kingdom means. And after the whole day, we all know the story, Jesus turned to the people and said, people look hungry. Why don't you get some food for them? And the disciples freaked out and said, Jesus, I mean, it will take a year's salary to feed all these people. And Jesus said, but you feed them. Actually, what Jesus said, said, don't you have faith? So one of them came back with five loaves, two fishes. And we all know the story how Jesus multiplied the food. But before Jesus multiplied the food, he prayed. And listen to what he did. John 6. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, come on, he had given thanks, then he distributed them to the disciples. There's a very important principle in here for us. You see, as Jesus prayed over this little bit of food, that was far not enough for all these people. It wasn't even enough for them, for him and his disciples. But as he took this five loaves and two fishes, and he looked at the lack that he had in his hand, and he thanked. There was a miracle. You see, thankfulness is a key to unlock the overflow in your life. Thankfulness is a key to unlock the breakthrough that God has for you in life. And here Jesus is the amazing example for us. It's like, don't look at the circumstances. Look at the lack and just say, Father, thank you. Thank you for what I have. You are so amazing. You're so good to me. This is a memorial stone of your goodness. And as I thank God, he does something amazing. See, that's the power of thanksgiving. That's the power of being thankful. Number three, thankfulness gives us a God perspective in life. There's a story that I read of a man who visited the priest one day. And he comes to the priest and he says, life is unbearable. You need to help me. Say, there are nine of us living in one room. What can I do? Now the priest answers, well, it's easy. Take your goat and let the goat live in the room with you. And the man thought the priest was crazy. He looked at him and said, what? And the, rabbi, well, the, the priest insisted. He says, just do as I say and come back in a week. So the man went, was like, okay, I probably have to listen to the priest and took the goat and I lived in the one room with a goat. After a week, the man came back looking even more discouraged than before. And he says, we cannot stand it. I mean, this goat is filthy, it's stinking, it is just a mess. So the priest tells him, okay, go home, take the goat out, come back in a week. So after a week, the man came back. He was radiant and happy. He returned to the priest, and he was exclaiming, Man, life is so beautiful. 
It's amazing. We enjoy every minute and, and there's no goat and it's only the nine of us. <laughs> you see, a, a truly worthwhile perspective in life doesn't always come easy or for free. But being thankful in every situation will change the way you look at things. It does. Thankfulness in life will change our perspective over time. And it will make us operate from a God perspective. I love the story of a couple who sat at, at home and, and they, they had so much bills that they had to pay. They were sitting at their kitchen table and they were like anxiety and everything was just, oh, we don't know what to do. And just so much. And the wife turned to the husband and said, honey, you remember when we trusted God for this table? Remember how we prayed for that and how we trusted God for this table? And you remember, can you remember how happy we were when we actually were able to buy this table to have a kitchen table? And how we then trusted God for the chairs and it's so amazing. And now we're sitting at this table. Isn't God amazing? And the husband said, wow, you're right. You know, remember the, when we prayed God, we trusted God for the couch that we're sitting on now? And we wanted a nice lounge couch and we prayed and we saved and we trusted God and by miracles God just gave us this. Remember that? That's amazing. And they smiled at each other and they laughed. It's like, wow, that's amazing. I remember the car we're driving, how we trusted God for that car for 10 years because we wanted this car and we've been dreaming about it and saving up. And now we're actually driving that car for six months. Isn't God amazing? After half an hour, they were laughing and smiling Forgot about all the bills that had to be paid and all the challenges that they had to face. Why? Because they were thankful for what was in front of them. They thanked God for this. Their perspective in one moment changed. You see, thankfulness in life will change our perspective. I want to end this morning. I, wanna, I want us to take a moment and have communion. And we're going to have communion as a family together, and that's how we're going to end. And, but we want to take communion together. And during this time, I want us to take a closer look and look back and reflect on the memorials that you have built with the Lord. It might be a challenging thing that you had to step through, but it was a memorial of God. I said, Lord, thank you for bringing me through that. Maybe it was an amazing celebration moment. And said, Lord, I remember that memorial. It was so amazing. I could reflect back and think how good you are to me. No matter what's ahead, I'm looking back and I'm reminding myself of your goodness and I'm thanking you. See, let, let it today water our faith that maybe I've gotten a bit of dry and increase maybe your endurance for the year that lays ahead. As you take communion and reflect back. And if you maybe are struggling, Henny, just like, I'm struggling to see a moment worthy of a memorial in my life at the moment. <laughs> Ever been there? When I have to thank God for something, sometimes I have to sit and think a bit. Because my emotions are so much. But if you're there this morning and you're struggling, then I want to remind you about the greatest memorial that you have is when you met Jesus. The one who died for all your sins. The one who gave you access to the Father. That's the greatest memorial all of us have. And in every season, this is the one thing we can always thank God for. Amen. So I want to invite you this morning.
to, to have communion. And, and maybe you want to have communion as husband and wife together. Maybe your wife's outside. That's fine. But let's have communion moments. Maybe you're alone. Have a moment with God alone. And say, Lord, I thank you this morning for a moment where I can reflect, I can think back, I can look back, I can look at that memorial stone, and I know there's giants in the land, Lord. I don't know what to go, but as I start thanking you for this, wow, my perspective starts changing. You gave me a key to unlock things. And then if I step over that challenge, I just remind again, oh, Lord, another memorial. Another thing that you've done. As I look, the lack, look at the lack in my hand and I start thanking you for the more, for the greater, for what you're going to do, man, you are about to amaze me. Can we do that this morning? I want to pray and then we're going to um, stand up. There's communion at the back. Um, not the cupcakes, that's for after. Okay? <laughs> so let's use the communion at the back. And, um, but let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for the privilege, Father, to, to know that your plans for us never fail. And Lord, we thank you as we remind ourselves this morning through communion, we remind us firstly ourselves of the price that you've paid, Father. And then we start reflecting, Father, on, on amazing memorials that we've built with you through our lives, Father. And then, Lord, we want to say thank you for those things we trust in you already, for what you're about to do, Father, in this year this coming year. In Jesus' name. Amen. So let's um, stand up. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. For more detail, visit www.klcstellenbosch.co.za